0: Coaches lay down the groundwork at the beginning of spring ball, at the beginning of fall camp, but then we pass it on to our leaders of the defense and they hold those young guys accountable. And when they see those All-Americans, All-Region type players holding themselves accountable and holding their teammates accountable, that's when you can be elite and that's when you can be great when you're a player-led unit, you're a player-led program.
1: As you wrap up a season, evaluation and analysis play a crucial role in identifying both the strengths and weaknesses of your offense and defense. Coaches and analysts strive to gain a true picture of their team's performance, allowing them to make informed decisions for improvement. In this episode, we hear from two defensive coordinators and an offensive coordinator on the methods they employ to evaluate their units and make data-driven adjustments, and turn those into actionable items that both coaches and players can take ownership of. We are joined by Heidelberg University Defensive Coordinator Brandon Jacobson, Defending D3 National Champion Defensive Coordinator from North Central College Shane Durking, and Fayetteville High School Offensive Coordinator Jay Wilkinson. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like Video Pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast, or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, Uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com, and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. First, Coach Jacobson discusses the methods he uses to assess the strengths and weaknesses of the defense. He shares how he analyzes goals, formations, and coverages to determine efficiency and inefficiency. He emphasizes the need to remove plays that are not efficient and focus on improving specific scenarios and schemes.
2: First and foremost, we look at our weekly goals. Just like everybody else, we have the goals. You know, how many points you want to give up, yards per carry, yards after the catch, total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. You know, are you getting off the, on third and fourth down, competes on red zone? Those t- I think everybody has those goals, and obviously it's good to look at, and you can kind of see a broad picture of what you need to get better at. And then I, I like to compare the stats from previous seasons to kind of see where we are. But then the next thing I do is I do an efficiency report. So I look at our fronts, our stunts, our blitzes and our coverages and kind of break it down. And I've changed the proficiency number every year. So we're up to about 60% efficiency is a win. So how do I figure out the efficiencies is it's pretty easy on the huddle. I just made a column that says efficiency and I put a yes or a no in it. And then at the end of the year, I can see how many yeses we have, how many no's, and do the math, and get the percentages. So on first down, we want to give up three or less yards. A win is three or less yards. A win on second down is giving up half. A win on third down is a stop. A win on a fourth down is stop. And then we also look at big plays, and big plays is any play over 20 yards. So those are our efficiencies we look at, and then look at every front stop, blitzer coverage, and Obviously, you're going to see some you're great at, and you're like, okay, we're great at this. We run these the most. That's a great job coaching out of us. But then you're going to see some like, man, we ran that 40 times, and we were only 37% efficient. Why is that? Was it because I just called a bad play at the wrong time? Is it because their guy made a great play or they had a great play call offensively? Or is it because bad technique or maybe a bad individual position play? And if it's that, then we got to figure out maybe we're coaching it wrong, maybe we're teaching it wrong, or maybe it's just something that, as a defense, we're not very good at, and we should probably just not call it.
1: When you look at those things, obviously some patterns start to develop. Let's say it's, it's the calls, right? Wrong call, wrong time. How do you go about, I guess, correcting that, you know, especially if that was something on you, and making sure, hey, we get around the next season – Uh, This is a situation I'm going to be better. And, I mean, you know, as coaches, we got to find ways to get our reps, too. We don't have, you know, all the reps that the players have, but certainly we have to improve and we have to put that into our mind and and get better at those things.
2: Yeah, I mean, just one example that popped in my head when you were talking is we have a a blitz to formation call. Quite frankly, it stinks versus 12 personnel. And it took us a year to realize what the problem was. And it was, you know, we had a three-by-one call. We had a two-by-two two call. And whenever there was a tight end or a fullback or a tight end in a wing or two tight ends, we had an open gap. And, you know, you could sit there and say, oh, well, this person's going to win his one-on-one matchup. We'll be fine. You know, or if they pass it, we're going to win. But if they run it, let's hope they don't run it. You know, and so it got to the point like, okay, well, let's uh, let's change the backside blitz. To something that we can cover all the gaps, because that's really what it came down to was they gave us more gaps and we didn't have enough people on that side of the ball to fill those gaps. So now it became a blitz that we think can cover field and boundary where it's something that us as coaches feel confident in calling it to all the personnel, not just 10 or 11 now.
1: Coach Durking also emphasizes the importance of postseason analysis to evaluate the strengths and weaknesses of the defense. He focuses on run and pass efficiency formations and coverage variations. He also highlights the significance of fundamentals and finish with senior leaders holding teammates accountable to maintain high standards.
0: Postseason analysis is extremely important. Like those goals, I talked about those 12 goals, but we're going to break it down even more, right? So for our run game, right? we've got to make sure front formation, the run schemes that we got out of that front formation, and then efficiency, run efficiency. Was it 2.5 or less, which we call efficient? Was it 2.6 or more, which is inefficient? Same thing with the pass game, looking at formations and then our coverage variations right to those formations. We use 6.0, if it's above 6.0, yards per pass attempts, it was inefficient, it was under six, then it was efficient. And then really taking those inefficient stats, putting them in a playlist and watching them as a staff and seeing how can we improve uh, in this specific scenario, right? With this specific front, this specific run scheme, right? How can we teach it better to our guys in order to make sure that it is efficient this next spring ball into the summer and then into fall camp. And that's something just being very self-critical. And if we're not good at it at all, take it out. Even if you like it a ton as a defensive coordinator, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't make sense to your players, if you can't execute it properly, if it's not efficient, take it out. And that's something that I did more so this last year is, you know, we just kept building and building and building our playbook the last few years and you know, you look at things that you, that you ran once or twice and they were inefficient, take it out of the playbook. Let's get great at what we do.
1: I know for you, and especially in your national championship run, you mentioned that fundamentals and finish were the big thing. So as you back away from the season, how are you evaluating those two things and making sure that you guys are getting better in those areas as well?
0: Yeah, I think our effort right, with pursuit, um, that's something that, you know, we talk about day one, and we do pursuit drill every single spring ball, every single fall camp, day one, right? We do it twice, and we really set the groundwork for, hey, this is our standard. And then from there, we grade our guys for loaves, but we've gotten to a point where now our senior leaders or our fifth-year senior leaders, they're the ones who count the loaves, and they're the ones who have... Extra work for the defense after practice based off the number of loafs. And I think, you know, when it's coming from your leaders, it's coming from your captains, and it's not just coming from the coaching staff, that's when you truly can be elite. You can be good if you've got good coaches that are holding players to the standard, but if the young guys aren't seeing your fifth year seniors, your seniors, your captains, if they don't see those guys holding them accountable, you're going to be okay. You're going to be average. You're going to win some football games, right? If you've got a great staff, but that's really what we've done is the coaches lay down the groundwork at the beginning of spring ball, at the beginning of fall camp, but then we pass it on to our leaders of the defense and they hold those young guys accountable. And when they see those all Americans, all region type players holding themselves accountable and holding their teammates accountable, that's when you can be elite. And that's when you can be great when you're a player led unit, your player-led program.
1: I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. teammofocom dot, team, dot com, slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. We finished on the offensive side with Coach Wilkinson. He discusses the use of a quality control spreadsheet to analyze offensive plays and identify areas for improvement. They break down the efficiency, explosiveness, and negative plays of different categories and field positions. This analysis helps guide their off-season studies and informs the selection of plays for future seasons.
3: So we have kind of a quality control spreadsheet that you know spans multiple tabs. And so we kind of do a breakdown of, again, uh, the efficiency, explosive, negative plays, but kind of at the end of the year. So the first tab will basically have our opponents, how many plays we ran, how many possessions, how many turnovers. And it's just kind of a general that page, but then at the end of it, it's got those number of explosive plays, efficient plays, and negative plays, and so, you know, what that does is that kind of, I can kind of get a glimpse into our total season, you know, as we go through opponent by opponent, like weeks that we were really explosive, weeks that we weren't, and so, kind of identify what those reasons were. Maybe it wasn't a good game plan. Maybe a player was injured. Maybe it was just the defense was a lot better. And then as we break it down from there, we go into specific categories. So we have play categories. So we'll put all all of our RPOs on one sheet, the number of times we call them, basically every stat that we have on those. And then again, the explosives, the efficiency, and the negatives. And so we do that for every category that we have, runs, RPOs, screens, quick games, drop back, trick plays, And then we also do it by field positions and third down. So we do it backed up, coming out, middle of the field, high red zone, low red zone, and then obviously all of our third downs. And so what it does is when we get that done, when we come back from Christmas break, that gives us some real good discussions as we're going through, again, building our offense for next season of why plays were efficient, why plays were explosive, why plays were negative, and it gives us some really good conversations of where we're going to study now, and so, you know, maybe this past year, you know, we weren't as explosive what we needed to do, so, okay, who are, you know, I might assign that to one of our, one of our assistant coaches, okay, your off-season project is to look at the five most explosive college offenses, let's gather up the film, and why were they explosive, because they had great players, great scheme, you know, what was it, and then, also, you know, some of our negative deals, if we're an outside run play, pin and pull was extremely negative one year. Well, why was that play negative? Do we need to, instead of pin and pull, look at outside zones? So that coach might get, you know, hey, the the, the offensive line coach, you're going to find the top five college guys or high school guys that run outside zone. Let's get their film. Let's study it, see how they're implemented. So I think by doing that, also, you know, it kind of wraps up your season, kind of, gives you an idea of areas that you need to focus on and improve, but then it also now when you go into those off-season studies, it kind of gives you a reason why you're studying. You're not just saying, okay, I'm just studying Tennessee because it's Tennessee. I'm studying Tennessee because they have one of the highest points plays per game in college football, and so let's look at why that is. And so it just kind of gives you a a framework to go into the off-season with your coaches, and then, again, it kind of solidifies, too, Like, okay, this is why we do what we do. It's really good. We can go into meetings with the kids in the spring football and say, hey, this play was 75% efficient, which was one of our higher plays. That's why this play is going in day one in our install.
1: Getting a true picture of an offense's or defense's strengths and weaknesses is a multifaceted process that involves statistical analysis, tactical evaluation, and emphasis on fundamentals. By utilizing these methods, you can gain valuable insights into your unit's performance and can make data-driven decisions for improvement. This comprehensive approach allows you to identify patterns, adjust tactics, and foster a culture of accountability. As the off-season progresses, these evaluations lay the groundwork for refining strategies, studying successful offenses or defenses, and focusing on areas that require improvement. With a well-informed evaluation process, you can lead your units to even greater success in the seasons to come. Keep tuning in through November for tips on winning in the postseason and methods for postseason wrap-up. Sign up for our weekly tip sheet at coachingcoordinator.com to get a summary of the best ideas from each week.